Hello and welcome everybody to episode number four of the AFGE podcast. My name is Edwin Osorio. I am your host and we have our co-host. We have Todd Grauer. We have Nicole Morio and we have Devendra Dial. Hello. All right. Good and, afternoon, everyone. Okay. And we have a special guest for you today. We have all the way up from northern New York. We have Mr. Roy Porter. Hello, Roy. Yeah, good afternoon, Edwin. Great, great. So today's topic is, is PQR. Uh, before we get into that, um, there are some people who will be listening to this podcast who may not know who you are. Can you give us, uh, give us a little bio on who you are? Sure. Um, so I'm currently the executive vice president of AFG Local 3342. Um, we cover 17 of the upstate New York offices, um, ranging from like Buffalo to Syracuse and points north. Um, I've been with the agency for 20 years, um, spent the last five years, six, actually seven years now as a CTE. Um, so um, had my way around the agency here. Well, that's wonderful. And, and like we have the perfect person to talk about PQRs. Um, can you give us an overview of what exactly a PQR is and um, why we even have them? Yeah, sure. Um, so SSA rolled out the performance quality review process in 2018. Uh, the agency's claim was that it was designed to support their ongoing pursuit of excellence and focus on quality and a consistent standardized process to document the quality of technical workloads. Pretty much in layman's terms, the process requires either a CTE or a lead CSR to randomly review cases monthly based on an interviewing topic that's assigned by management. Um, this could, So for example, um, the topic of the month might be retirement claims. So each person will have a randomly selected retirement claim reviewed of theirs and their findings are presented by management to them, you know, if there were any errors found or things that could be done better. Now you've been, you said that you've been with the agency for 20 years. I, I don't believe PQRs have been, is that right? That is correct. Yeah. So they didn't, they didn't actually start doing those till 2018. 2018. And now we're in 2022, so you'd say roughly about four years. Have you seen any changes as a result of PQR? Well, um, apparently management had admitted that, you know, that it actually discuss, doing the PQR discussions was a lot of work. So during the pandemic, they went from what we were originally doing under when the process was rolled out was um, two reviews per employee per month. Um, they, during the pandemic, management um, had agreed with the union to roll that back to only doing one review per employee per month. Roy, as, as, a, as a TE myself, um, I know how I personally feel about uh, PQRs, but I'm going to ask you your opinion. Um, do you believe that they're effective in improving quality within the agency? Um, I'm going to say no. Um just based on the fact that, you know, the Office of Quality Assurance is already in place to monitor the quality of the work product. Um, having bargaining unit employees reviewing other bargaining unit employees, um, it's counterproductive. It, it basically takes up resources that could be used for other things like actually clearing claims or other PE actions, things that, things that are high priority. Uh, the quality should be on the management of things, not on the employee. And, you know, it's employees. Yeah. Now, so you've drawn the distinction in, in the sense that management should be the one doing this, but instead, it's really the bargaining unit in, 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 uh, 
in the form of a technical expert who's actually doing its reviews. What has this done to the morale of having bargaining unit employees reviewing other bargaining unit employees? Well, I, I don't think it's so much um, morale. It's more of the, the trust factor. I think um, employees are more hesitant to approach their CTs for help thinking, okay, you know, if I ask a question in this case, is it going to be picked for PQR? And is the CT going to cite me for asking them because I didn't know what I was doing? Or, you know, even along those lines, you know, if it's a person that is con consistently providing bad feedback as a reviewer, you know, that can hurt, you know, the employee's confidence in being able to do their job. Um, and also, I think, you know, just overall, you know, you have the CTs who have to take a significant amount of time to do these reviews. And, you know, I, I think honestly, you know, like, like I've mentioned before, you know, having that time to actually get work done is, you know, more tantamount to the actually get, you know, the mission of the agency as opposed to, you know, us doing management's job for them again. Right. <laughs> so, so, so it sounds like it's a diversion from the technical experts, normal duties without any kind of a reward that's commensurate with, 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 uh, with the work that's being put into it. But I, I'm a little curious to get your opinion on something. Because I was speaking with Devendra earlier today, and very timely, very serendipitous, he actually had a situation uh, come up today that involved the TE and, and uh, the bargaining employee. Devendra, can you tell us a, a little bit about what happened and see what Roy has to say? Yeah, so Roy, uh, basically in this situation here, we've got two TEs. Um, and, and basically sometimes it, it goes without saying as another TE, they're allowing um, – each other to mark each other uh, correct when the situation is is actually not correct and um, sometimes you know this can create a situation where one TE you know greatly believes that you know they're doing the right thing by marking that other TE wrong and sometimes this can create a very hostile situation so ha has something like this happened before? Um, yeah, from my experience, you know, talking with other um, CTEs, other local reps, um, you know, it, it does come up. And I think, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, there's best practices that some employees try to impart on their work that may not necessarily be in actual policy that's in the regulations. You know, it's something that they feel, you know, helps get the work done the best. But obviously, the pro process is not supposed to be subjective. And... Like I said, I've, I've heard about it numerous times, you know, where the, this has occurred. Um, but I think what it comes down to is, you know, I, employees need to stop overthinking, you know, to the point where, okay, you know, maybe I'm looking to promote myself to management, you know, say that, okay, look at how accurate these reviews are. But meanwhile, you know, are you really hurting, you know, your coworker in the end, you know, by conducting yourself in this way? Now, is it possible that a bad PQR, and by bad PQR, I imagine is a PQR that shows deficiency in a particular uh, work that, that an employee has done. Now, is it possible that an employee can be hindered or this can be detrimental to an employee if, if deficiencies are found in their work? Well, yes and no. I mean... I have yet to see any employee have these cited in their PACS reviews. Um, normally it's just a, you know, 
kind of a surface mention, okay, you've, you've had a lot of good PQR reviews this year. Um, to my knowledge, they haven't used um, several, uh, you know, a person accumulating several deficient reviews to take any sort of action plan or other disciplinary actions. Um, and really, I, I think, like you, like we were saying earlier, you know, I think it's hurting the confidence of some employees where, you know, their focus now is like, okay, don't make any mistakes, don't make any mistakes. And then, you know, they end up making other mistakes because of that, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's really a case where they, I think they, you know, there's better ways of improving quality with in, you right. know, the work of employees. Yeah. Now, fact, I'm actually glad you brought up mistakes, um, Roy, because let's let everyone know, or maybe you can, you know, actually, yes, please. If you can explain to everyone, what if the employee either A, is right, didn't make a mistake, or B, at least believes they're right, didn't make a mistake, but they have any recourse? Um, yeah, so th th there's a couple of different remedies for that. So um, it, the immediate um, remedy would be actually for them to, they can actually rebut uh, something that may be an error, not really be an error based on you know, some other evidence that they might find to support their position. Um, so with the rebuttal process, all they have to do is, you know, find the information. They do have a, a time frame where they, they can go to management and say, okay, I disagree with this review. You know, this is the particular item I object to. This is why I, I object to it. And um, with the rebuttal process, the case actually goes back to the reviewer. The reviewer reviews the information and determines if they can make a favorable result for the, the employee. Um, doesn't always pan out, but you know, if that ends up not satisfying their request, um, they, they can file a grievance under the, the understanding, you know, that they disagree with the findings of it and they, that they ultimately would like it removed from their record. So now the rebuttal process, is this, is this a formal process or would this be considered informal? And is there something that can be done orally or you would suggest it's done in writing? What, what do you reckon? As you in your rep, I'd always suggest everything in writing, obviously. Um, so, yeah, and as far as the process, it is formal because, you know, the rebuttals are supposed to be recorded in the PQR system. And management take, goes about that and, you know, records it and shows, you know, the movement of it back to the CP and right. ultimately what their outcome is. And is, it, is this something that the union can help an employee with? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I would say, you know, any time they, they run into an issue, you know, even the, like it informally, you know, you know, a lot of our local reps are CTs, you know, that obviously they, they may have, you know, a little more fine tuned expertise than the person reviewing the case initially. Um, so certainly, you know, you know, they can provide technical advice, but at the same time, you know, just, you know, walk, helping somebody maneuver through the rebuttal process or filing a grievance, whatever they see fit. Well, that's good. Well, that's good. Oh, I hope that that's that employees will take those if they find that they find situation. situation. Um, um, so, 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 I, so I wonder, I wonder after, four, after years four years of probably something that's less effective than what the agency would have hoped for, do you think that the PQR process is something that can be improved upon or perhaps it, be, it should be replaced by something else or scrapped altogether? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I personally, I think it should be abandoned and replaced with what the agency has been doing. They, prior to the PQR process, the areas were using continuous quality review to monitor cases and, 
you know, they'd take samples and, you know, if they found something wrong, they would go about the process of, you know, addressing it with the field office. Um, pulls the bargaining unit out of the equation, which is, you know, ideally, you know, as union reps, we don't want our bargaining employees subject to, you know, criticism about, especially about things concerning quality. Um, and at the same time, I think, you know, just, you know, providing, you know, agency with adequate resources and staffing to, you know, if they want people in o more people in OQA reviewing work, then do that, you know, and also at the same time, you know, add more bargaining unit employees to actually get the work done so that, you know, we're able to take the time to do cases properly. And, you know, if we need to look up something, you know, we have that time instead of, you know, calling numbers all day long or getting, trying to do 10 interviews in a day and not being able to get any time to adjudicate them properly. Um, this is all stuff, you know, the agency can fix and really should fix. Well, that sounds really sound. Really sound. And, um, and, um, and, uh, and uh, I believe you mentioned any anyway, office of quality review. review. Are they still, are they still what are they doing? What are they doing? Um, as far as I know, I mean, they're still doing what they were doing before. I, you know, they do their star reviews for the SSI program. Um, they do whatever other initiatives that the agency wants them to. I believe um, they're involved with the vulnerable population project right now. So, I mean, it's, it's an ad hoc workload like any other workload in the agency. So, so it sounds like the PQR whole process is really redundant. Isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the one good thing that I think we really that really came out of this is that if an employee does have any difficulties with their PQRs, they should respond immediately and not hesitate to reach out to the to the union if they need any assistance. And uh, we always recommend that. Um, Roy, is there any question that maybe I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Um, none that I can think of. Um, yeah, like like you've summed it up well. Um, I mean. Certainly, you know, the process is, you know, what it is. And, you know, employees do have recourse if, you know, they, they have issues with it. And um, certainly, you know, talk to, you know, and I, I encourage, you know, the CTs, you know, to, you know, when they're doing these reviews, you know, try not to be subjective, you know, try to like make it a point to, you know, just stick to what the question is. Don't try to find stuff wrong, you know, because, you know, just remember you're leaning on these employees that you're reviewing, you know, they're doing the work, you know, help prop you up as well, you know, as, you know, any other coworker would. Um, and then also on the same note, you know, if um, you know, there's specific issues with the PQR system itself, um, you know, what employees, you know, people finding that, you know, maybe they have reviews that have accumulated for months and months and then management's all of a sudden presenting them to them. Um, that's, those are big red flags that management isn't upholding their end of the agreement. Um, so, you know, in, in our local, we have had issues with that in the past, and we've actually successfully had those reviews removed from individuals' files where, you know, these are situations where people have, you know, are getting three months worth of reviews all at once. Wow. Um, so, you know, definitely that's the kind of thing that, you know, don't ever be afraid to ask a union rep for help, you know, because, well, there, there's no such thing as a bad answer you know, in, in this world. So, I mean, you know, if you're curious and something doesn't smell right, Go ahead and ask somebody. Well, Roy, you've been very helpful and very knowledgeable. And my hope is that anyone who listens to this podcast will will learn from it. And if you learn nothing else, learn that you can go to your union for assistance with PQRs. I want to thank you for your generosity and time and for, your, uh, for sharing your knowledge. And I want to thank my co-hosts on this recording. 
And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And on behalf of Local 3369 and Council 220, thank you all. And we look forward to seeing you again. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.